Well, welcome to Mayor's Minutes. And I am not the mayor. Um, I am Paul Jensen. I'm the director of Veterans Services. I think we'd all rather have the mayor here. Uh, it comes as no surprise to anyone that the mayor uh, has some health issues. Um, and we, I know I speak for everyone at City Hall and throughout the community to wish him uh, a healthy recovery uh, and then he gets better. Uh, we need him back at City Hall. Um, and we're, we're very fortunate, I think, to have Mayor Perry as our mayor. Um, I've worked for him for a year now. Uh, he's impressed me as a very professional uh, man of character. Um, and you can agree or disagree with things that he says, and that's fine. Uh, you know, that's perfectly okay. But one thing uh, with Mayor Perry is uh, he, he's... His intentions are always in the best interests uh, of the city of Methuen. That's really where his heart is. Um, and that kind of resonates with me because, uh, you know, the, the service was instilled in me uh, very long ago when I took the oath on the plane at West Point. Um, and I'm very fortunate now to be able to serve once again. And I owe that to uh, Mayor Perry. And... I don't know how many of you know it uh, out there, but we have a code of conduct uh, in City Hall. And uh, the mayor and um, the human relations director and some, some of us put this together. Uh, and it talks about things like integrity, commitment to excellence, accountability, trust, respect, and success. We want to be good at what we do. Uh, and I think everyone in City Hall, from the mayor on down, uh, recognizes that uh, we are held to a higher standard, uh, that we're fiduciaries, uh, we're stewards of your money, and we take that very seriously uh, every day. And I know in my job I do everything I can to try to serve as best as I can the veterans in this community and, frankly, uh, anybody that's in the, that is a service provider in this, industry, in this city uh, from the police department, to the fire department, to our first responders. Um, you know, that service ethic uh, is very, very important to me. And, uh, and I know that, you know, at, at the end of the day, when um, God measures your life, he's not going to measure it based on how much money you made or how high up you went in the, high, the organizational hierarchy. He's going to measure it on, you know, what impact you made on others' lives. And that's the calling we have at City Hall. So just a little plug for the mayor, and uh, we hope you're all you're doing better. Um, the first item in our meeting, as always, is a COVID update. So if we could put up the slides for COVID, please. So the numbers for Wednesday, May 11th, we have we've had 17,913 confirmed residents with COVID. Uh, fortunately, 17,695 uh, recovered residents. Uh, we do have 169 new cases of COVID, which is up a little bit from last week. The good, uh, most of the vaccinated individuals who get COVID experience uh, mild symptoms. Um, and that's a combination of the omnivariant, which is is, is 
less severe than previous variants, and also the, the efficacy of the vaccines and the boosters. Um, also, second boosters are available. To anybody that's over 50, uh, you can get, or you're immunocompromised, we'd recommend that you get the second booster. The not-so-good, uh, our vaccination rate in Methuen is, is lower uh, than the state levels for both initial vaccines uh, and for boosters. And last week, we did have 92 more cases than we did the week before. So trends are moving upward. So stay safe out there. Um, and COVID's still around. Um, and it's something I think as we go forward, it's something we're going to just have to manage uh, in our lives. So that's the COVID update. Um, I talked a little bit about service and, and how important that is to me personally. And I have two guests here uh, in the studio that embody the service ethic uh, as good as anybody I know. And they are both junior ROTC members, which I'm impressed with. Uh, and they're both, both uh, Methuen Honor Society um, members, which I'm also impressed with. Um, and so I would just like to introduce to you um, Nathaniel Hashem, who's a junior, and Amelia Ferretra, who is a senior. And they're two of our leadership team for an event we have coming up here on uh, May 21st. Uh, and if you can put that slide up, that's the annual flag replacement. Uh, and this is a wonderful event. Uh, it's, a, it's a tradition. Uh, in Massachusetts, we replace all flags on veterans' graves uh, throughout the city of Methuen. Uh, we have a total of nine cemeteries and about 5,000 flags spread out over those nine cemeteries. Uh, so on first light, it appears to be a rather daunting task. How do you do that? Well, last year, we decided to do it with students. So unlike every other town and city in Massachusetts that does a flag replacement, ours is unique in that it is a student-run activity. And we have a leadership team. Nathaniel is our commander. Uh, Amelia is the adjutant, uh, who's responsible for personnel uh, and safety. We have uh, Bertha Posada, who's our operations officer, who's going to put all the teams together with students, with community members to go out and replace the flags. And we have Rochelle and Ranelli Enriquez, who are our supply officers, who are going to manage the, the flags, the distribution of flags, the collection of flags, um, and also refreshments, so coffee and donuts. So that's at 8.30 uh, is, is the refreshments, 9 o'clock is the ceremony at Elmwood Cemetery. Uh, we are looking for volunteers. We need a lot of volunteers. Uh, um, it makes it a lot easier. It goes very quick. Last year, uh, we had about 400 volunteers, and I, I think it was one of probably the most amazing things I've ever seen uh, in that we replaced 5,000 flags spread out over nine cemeteries in under two hours, and we were done. Uh, so that's a testament to our great student leadership and great community involvement, and those two are both essential uh, to a successful event like this. So please sign up. We need lots of volunteers. Uh, you'll work directly with the students. They'll take you out to your section of the cemetery, uh, and you'll get the job done. And with that, I'd like to uh, turn it over to Nathaniel and, and 
Amelia, and first of all, Nathaniel, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who's Nathaniel Hashem? I, I am the Cadet Command Sergeant Major at Methuen High School's JRTC this year, and I've participated in school in National Honor Society and several other things, and outside of school, I'm a Boy Scout working towards my Eagle, and overall, my goal is to go to an a particular West Point for an engineering degree and pursue a career in the armed services. Good choice. <laughs> and as well as on top of all of that, I work, I'm an honor student, an AP student, who, as being here, I enjoy doing community service because it feels like I'm a member of the community. And talk a little bit about your leadership role because you did this last year as well. My leadership role in the flag replacement this year is to lead the other student leaders, so the five people listed by Mr. Jensen, who was so like Amelia, Bertha, and Renelli and Rochelle, to do their best to help them if they need it, to guide them in the right direction, as well as give them the resources that they need. So overall, they do a large amount of work. I'm there to push, lead them in the right direction. And tell us a little about, about your family. Tell you about your mom and your dad, brothers, sisters. I have a sibling at Methuen High as well. And on top of that, both my, my mother is a teacher and my father is an engineer of 20, of over 30 years, actually. And you've been a Methuen your whole life? Yes, I've been a Methuen resident my whole life, and throughout, I've gone to Methuen High School for the entirety of my high school career and look forward to having only my one year left. Well, we're quite impressed with that, and we appreciate everything you're doing to, for Methuen High and for the community. Amelia? Tell us a little bit about Amelia. All right, so I am a senior at MHS, and I've really and I've lived in Methuen my whole life, so I've really enjoyed getting to get involved with the community through various activities at the high school. For example, I'm also a JRTC cadet. I had the honor this year of serving as our service learning officer with the rank of cadet captain, and so it was almost a no-brainer for me to take this opportunity to sign up for a leadership role in the flag replacement was kind of combined the two things that I've enjoyed most about my high school career, which is being part of the JRTC program and getting opportunities to help the community through organizations like National Honor Society, which I also am a part of. Um, I also, through NHS, have gotten an opportunity. I am a teen volunteer at the Nevins Memorial Library. I also work at Duncan uh, on the weekends and I also play lacrosse. I'm on the lacrosse team at Birmingham High. So I've really just I've been trying to make the most of my four years here and get involved as much as I can. You are a very busy young lady. <laughs> Tell, so talk a little bit about your, you said you had a role as um, the learning officer. Yes, yeah, so I am the service learning officer for, our, for the Ranger Battalion, which means I am responsible for any community service or service learning projects that we take part in, including flag placement, which is why it was a no-brainer. I've already been planning on taking the leadership role when I got the opportunity to sign up to be the uh, to be the adjacent or adjunctant. <laughs> um, so, with that, I with COVID, obviously this year has been. Not the easiest to plan community service, but I still think we've done the best we can, and I'm proud of the things we have been able to accomplish this year. 
So this is a, a student-run activity. Talk a little bit about how, I mean, normally when they have an activity like this, it's the community gets involved, and then the students come along, and they participate, and they help out. We've kind of flipped it on its ear and put the students at the top where the community volunteers work for students. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think, I personally think it's amazing that we do an activity like this where it is student-run because I think it's really important to expose students and give them an the opportunity to take on these leadership roles. And, like, it's super beneficial to them going into careers and college and all these things that they will be doing once they graduate from Rutherland High. And I think that's one of the great things about the JRGC program as well as it has a similar sentiment where almost all of our activities are completely student-planned, student-run. Obviously, our instructors are there to oversee, make sure everything's running smoothly, ask questions, but for the most part, it's student-run. We're doing the majority of the work. We're doing the planning, making sure all, making sure everything is ready to go for our big events like the military ball and passing a view. So I just think it's, it's an awesome opportunity, and I'm glad that I got to take it. So one of the things we do is we, we put the students in charge but we don't just throw you out to the wolves, you know. Um, talk a little bit, Nathaniel, about the mentor program that we have so, and how that works. So part of the flag replacement is a majority of it is student leadership, but a student is uh, someone between the age of, in Methuen High, someone between the age of 14 and 18 who is still learning a lot. So part of the flag replacement is assigning each student leader an adult mentor, particularly through City Hall most of the time, so, for example, Mr. Jensen is my mentor who has guided me and taught me how to do many things for the flag replacement. And through that, I've been, given the, I've been taught how to do everything I need to do. So I'm not put out on the spot, but I have someone there to guide me in the right direction. Well, you've taught me a lot, too. <laughs> you've got a young perspective on it. Uh, you guys have great ideas. I always felt, you know, when you, when you enlist the help of young people and give them the resources and the opportunity and the encouragement, they'll always exceed your expectations. Uh, you just got to ask them. And so last year we asked you, and you guys stepped up. One of the things I think people are curious about is your uniform in JROTC. Talk a little bit about your uniform, when you wear it, uh, what some of the decorations on your uniform are. So the JROTC uniform is a version of, the active, of an active duty uniform with certain differences to be able to describe a difference. So we don't have a stripe on our pants. We don't wear our ranks on, like, so enlisted ranks in JRTC, so cadet ranks, aren't worn on the side of our sleeve. They're worn on the shoulder boards, which are distinct differences between JRTC and actual military uniforms. Mm -hmm. And then relating to many of the things we have on our uniform, most of these are awards, with the exception of certain things like our unit crest, which I have above our honor unit with distinction star. And obviously some other things like a lot of the stuff we have is personal awards as well as team awards. So above, on my, left, above my left jacket pocket are most of my personal awards which relate to academic, some JRTC, and a few other things. So, for example, like having perfect attendance in school or having high grades in class get you certain awards. On my right jacket pocket, I have what are known as ARCs or team awards. So in JRTC, we have five teams throughout the school year which include drill, academic, PT, marksmanship, and raiders. Currently, we're in our raider team season right now. They represent the teams that we do after school. 
JRTC is both an in-school class and an after-school activity, which allows people to become leaders. It's an opportunity to, have the, to lead others in the right direction, as well as learn yourself how to be a leader in life. And when it comes to wearing the uniform, it's worn once a week throughout the school day, which is actually pretty impressive because we managed to get around 100 students, if not more, to wear their uniforms each week at once. And you have a uh, big event coming up this week. And uh, I was fortunate enough years and years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I was asked, to, I was a member of the 82nd Airborne Division Association, and I, they found out I lived in Methuen. And they said, oh, we give an award there every year at the high school. You're right there. Would you like to present the award? And I said, I'd love to. So I went to the pass and review. And I always tell people that you know, if, if you haven't had a chance to go see the pass and review, it's, it's this Friday at 1230 at the Fieldhouse. Uh, it is the best event in Methuen that most people don't know about. Uh, it's just so impressive. Uh, I, I, I say often that it gives me, uh, uh, you know, new hope for the next generation uh, because you guys are so squared away, you carry yourself so well, um, you really have embodied the whole leadership principles that are taught uh, in ROTC. Talk a little bit about uh, the pass and review and the importance of that in your JRTC calendar. So the pass and review is two major things in our battalion. It's when the whole battalion forms in the field house for a large pass and review, which includes marching through the field house as well as an inspection, but it also contains a major award ceremony for the battalion. So, for example, I have, a, I have several medals on my uniform. Most of the time, medals are received at the pass and review for activities that you've done throughout the year. So, for example, there is a cadet challenge medal, which demonstrates the person who has the highest physical excellence. And another major factor is that we also introduce our new battalion commander and do a change of command ceremony where the power is transferred from the previous commander back to the Army instructor, who is Sergeant First Class Kelly, to the new commander. Nice. Now, you, you mentioned um, COVID, Amelia. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit. I mean, it's had to have been a difficult. You're a senior, and your mm -hmm. last two years you've lived through covid in school what's that been like oh, it's been it's been a lot it's definitely been there's been so many changes so many like twists and turns of everything between in person and virtual and it's honestly had a big effect to see why too because we haven't been able to have our big events like passing review since 2019 and so it's definitely been a huge undertaking this year to really be getting this all rolling but Sergeant Kelly and all of our student staff officers in the battalion, we've been working super hard meeting every single week, and I think we are going to have a really good event on Friday. Uh, well, hoping to have our entire battalion there, have everything go smoothly, so if you are able to come, I think it would be an amazing opportunity to come see it. So the, uh, the, the, the ups and downs of COVID, you know, life has a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of twists and turns. Uh, has, has this done anything to help you prepare for life? I mean, definitely. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of life is being able to deal with unexpected changes and everything like that. And with COVID, that's pretty much all the past years have been, is 
every single week there's something there was something new we had to deal with. And so it's definitely been nice for my senior year to get some sort of consistency. And as much as I want to think about the negatives about how much I missed out on, it's definitely almost it there's definitely a good thing of all these changes and being able to adapt has definitely helped me mature and be more ready when I go out into the real world next year. You know, sometimes adversity kind of builds bonds. Have you found that in your JRTC unit that maybe, because you guys were through such an adverse situation over the last couple of years, that maybe you guys have a unique bond that other, you know, cohorts that have gone through did not have? Well, JRTC definitely played a role in it because JRTC, we have both in class and after school. I spend most of my time in class and after school. I have a fair amount of time in JRTC every single day. Most of my bonds throughout high school have been made inside of JRTC. And going through COVID, JRTC gave me the chance to still be in contact with people. So even though, like, when COVID started when I was a freshman, we didn't have many Google Meets, there wasn't much going on, I was still able to have be able to socialize with people because of JRTC because it was the class where you would get there to be a leader, but being part, being a leader also involves knowing the people around you. So it gives you the chance to get to know people, make some friends, and have fun doing it. How, how do you do JRTC remotely? <laughs> um, JRTC remotely is a little different. When it comes to being remote, it's mostly like, there's things you can teach about being a leader. JRTC is a leadership course. You can teach a lot of stuff, so like conflict resolution, anger management, how to avoid a problem, how to solve it, or how to completely avoid getting frustrated with the situation. There are certain things you can teach, but even through COVID, we can still see who might have some skills that they want to develop because there's really no such thing as a born leader, but leaders are made, but it takes time and it takes a bit of practice. JRTC gives everyone the chance to have that practice, and it gives them the time that they need to learn those skills. Well, with everything you guys have gone through, I think you got your Ph.D. in leadership in the last two years. <laughs> Been a tough two years. It has indeed. So um, talk a little bit about the Honor Society and what you do there, Amelia. Um, so the National Honor Society is an organization that of an high school has a chapter of where students who demonstrate high levels of leadership, character, academic success, and community service are given the opportunity to get inducted and then attend meetings. And there are certain requirements, like you have to, I know, like you have to meet your requirement. We have 24 service hours for the year that we have to complete, and like we have to attend a certain amount of meetings. But it's really an amazing opportunity to get to take on leadership roles at, in community service projects and get exposed to helping the community in various ways. Like There have been so many different things that we've gotten to be able to do over the past couple of years. We've worked with the Nevins Library this year. Um, we've worked with the Movement Family which is an organization out in the villain. Last year, we wrote letters because there was only so much we could do with COVID and everything. We did a mass drive. Too, like, it's been a really interesting 
it's been a really interesting two years being in the honor society and getting to see all the different ways that we can help the community, even when there is a pandemic making things difficult. So the service requirements somewhat, I don't know how new that is. I know when I was in National Society, there was no service component. It was primarily just academics and performance. Uh, and I know people question it a little bit. Uh, is that just a check-the-box kind of thing, or is it really monitored and people actually go out there and do things? I mean, it is definitely monitored. Our faculty advisor is amazing. I'm sure she does, she does make sure that everybody is completing their hours, and she has a good system. Um, yeah, I definitely, but yet yeah, the academics are also definitely still very strong component. I know you have to still have to have a 3.8 GPA and everything like you really can't be getting like C's. Um, but I think the service component also has been a really nice, I guess, addition because it's definitely helped develop students' leadership skills and sense of community as we're out in the community getting to see people and helping and helping each other. Well, I, th I think there's a message there that we all can learn in the community as residents that there are, you know, millions of opportunities to go out and serve. Uh, all you got to do is raise your hand and volunteer. As we got the great Nevins Library, we got the Senior Center, we got Methuen High School, we got the Honor Society, uh, we have police and fire, uh, we have the veterans. So there's lots of opportunities to go out, and I just encourage everybody to seek opportunities to serve and help make our community a better place because that's what we really wanted this to be, a place where we're proud to live, work, and raise our kids, right? That's what it's all about. Um, so that's great. Um, so the passing review is Friday um, at 1230. More, more like 1 o'clock it starts. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and is that open to the public? It's it definitely open to parents of JRTC cadets, the public. I believe so. So if you can, try to be there. It's, in all honesty, it's a lot of fun, even just pl on the planning end of it, it's been fun. Yep. It'll definitely be interesting because having the entire battalion, we have different levels of students. So we have those who are in their first year in JRTC, those who are in their second year, third year, fourth year. Typically the years we can put someone from their third year into the first year block to help show, okay, I can be like give them the experience, leadership experience, but show, okay, with a little bit of time, I can work to become more of a leader and maybe even take a position. But the real time when the battalion comes together is there's really only about three occasions in the year, one of which is the parades, yep. the other is pass and review, and the other one is flag replacement. Cool. But there's only one that is in front of the entire school, and that is pass and review. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think sorry. I didn't I think it's an awesome opportunity for us to get to kind of just show all the hard work that we put into this program to all the other students in the school because I feel like oh JRTC is kind of one of the more out there extracurriculars. Like it definitely has like a certain perception about it and I think it's really important to kind of be able to show that a lot of the students in the school are involved in this program and it really is a worthwhile thing to support and join for younger underclassmen if they are interested because it's such a good opportunity to develop leadership skills and confidence. Like, I know I would not be where I am today if I had not joined that program. Wonderful. Now, it's three or four years? Uh, you can join really at any point before your senior year. I personally joined my junior year, yep. but 
I mean, most cadets do join the freshman or sophomore year. But, yeah, you can go. The program typically is four years. And what kind of attrition do you get? Does, do people start? Do they stay with it the whole time? Or do people drop out? There's a fair amount that stay the entire time. Yep. Sometimes when it comes to sticking around, if you would, it's mostly schedule-related because there are specific blocks where your specific let level might be, so where you are year-wise. So most of the time, people who want to stay do stay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, when, a lot of people, they don't give it a try, but once they do, they tend to stay. A majority of the people who try it tend to stay because in the end, it's a lot of fun. And where do, where do the kids go? Do, do, do a lot of them go into the military? To... Well, most people don't go into the military because JRTC, one of the biggest misconceptions is that there's military service required. There in JRTC, there isn't any service required whatsoever. Most people, like, for, I've seen two senior classes leave. Maybe four of them actually went into military service. Mm-hmm. Not a large amount, and including the third one that's about to leave while well, I've been at Bethune High. Still maybe about five. Not many. Not many people go to JRTC to become part of the military or to go into the military afterwards, but many go for the skills you learn in life. So, for example, I would like to become an engineer. Being part of a team is important, but also knowing how to lead it is. JRTC teaches both elements of it. Because in JRTC, there's, the key to success is teamwork, but part of teamwork is being able to lead a team as well. Yep. So it's a lot of the interpersonal skills that you gain out of JROTC uh, that you wouldn't otherwise unless you went in the military. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's wonderful. So, um, anything else to add, Amelia? Oh, no. I very much agree with what Nathaniel has said. Like, I know that I personally have not, the military has not really been a part of my post-secondary plans. I'm going to Simmons University in Boston for nursing, but I still think the skills that I've gained through this program are going to be such an amazing help to me being successful in the medical field and being able to work with people and work with a team and being able to talk and be confident in front of others, which is also something I think that I've gotten a lot better at through my time in JRTC. Did you have any brothers or sisters... Uh that went ahead of you and said, hey, you got to do this. This is cool. <laughs> no. You have any brothers and sisters coming behind you, you're going to say, hey, you got to do this. This is cool. No, I'm, I'm the youngest of three, and neither of, my, neither of my siblings were involved with JRTC at all. They were both just, they were both athletes, and so they really just focused on that. But I definitely think it's been it's been so worth it. Like, I've been able to balance it with athletics, with playing lacrosse, and I think the combination has been amazing. Talk about Colonel Stansbury, because I know he was a big part of that program for a long time. Colonel Stansbury was our senior Army instructor from 2008 till January of this year. He was a big part of the program. He was always there, with the, especially with the first years and second years, showing us how to get started, how to get comfortable in the program, giving us the chance to participate. He was there. He would give us the chances. Like with me, he he showed me what I was capable of when it comes to like like I wasn't the most confident with public speaking. He gave us a, there's assignments that we do in class that allow us to become better with public speaking. So three years ago, when I was a freshman starting out in high school, I would not be sitting here right now. <laughs> I would be here probably sitting quietly, but not really speaking. 
So he gave, gave us all the chance to learn how to do a lot of skills, especially those starting out in JRTC. So he was a crucial part of that. Great leader, real uh, inspirational um, leader. Great guy. Um, we'll miss him. So next uh, on the agenda, we uh, are going to talk a little bit about the, we have a Memorial Day parade uh, coming up, or Memorial Day. Uh, it's been two years since we've had a Memorial Day parade, so we're happy to announce that it's back. Uh, it's sponsored by the American Legion, uh, and we are looking for people to march in the parade and to participate in the parade and to watch the parade. Uh, we have a very simple goal in the parade committee, and that is to have more people watching the parade than are in the parade. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but um, this is posted on social media. Uh, if you're interested, there's contact information uh, at the American Legion where you can sign up to either march in the parade or participate in it. There's also the route uh, for the parade on the 30th. Starts at the American Legion, goes up to Walnut Grove, and kind of circles back to the American Legion. Uh, so that's uh, Memorial Day. Um, we get questions every now and then about the difference between these veterans' holidays. So there are three major uh, veterans' holidays in the United States that we celebrate. There's Memorial Day, uh, there's Veterans Day, and there's Armed Forces Day. And I won't put you on the spot to ask you what the difference is between the three, but essentially Memorial Day is to honor the dead, those that have died uh, in the service of our armed forces. Veterans Day uh, is November 11th, uh, is to honor those current veterans that are still alive, that served in the military. And Armed Forces Day, which happens to be May 21st, which is, coincides with our flag replacement day, is to honor those that are still in the military. And a little uh, information on Memorial Day. Memorial Day was originally known as Decoration Day. Um, and it started after the Civil War, where every community, there was so much death in the Civil War that practically every little small town and hamlet and community in the United States had deaths. They had people that died during the war. So every little town would have uh, events where they would go out and put flowers and flags on deceased graves from the Civil War. Uh, and that's how it started. Um, it was originally on the 30th of May all the time. Uh, it was then changed in 1968 uh, with a lot of other holidays uh, to be a Monday holiday, which had its pluses and minuses because the plus was it made for a nice three-day weekend. The minus is it made for a nice three-day weekend. And people kind of forgot, you know, what the meaning uh, behind these holidays was. But uh, that's a little bit uh, about Memorial Day. Uh, and interestingly enough, Waterloo, New York, is considered the, uh, the home of Memorial Day because they had a ceremony where they shut down the whole town, shut down all the businesses, and decorated the graves. Um, so that's a little bit about Memorial Day. Veterans Day uh, is on the 11th. Uh, and that started after World War II, or World War I, excuse me, uh, on the 11th day of the 11th month 
at the 11th hour when they signed the armistice between the Allied nations and Germany. Uh, that became known as Armistice Day. And Armistice Day was around for many, many years. Uh, and eventually in 1938, uh, it was the law was passed that November 11th uh, would honor all those veterans that served in wars, and it became known as Veterans Day. So that's a little bit about the holidays that are coming up. Um, VFW versus American Legion. I thought I'd talk a little bit about that because we have a very active VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars, in town, and we have an active American Legion in town. And people often wonder, what's the difference between the VFW and the American Legion? They're both veterans. Uh, and the primary difference is the Veterans of Foreign Wars is just that. They were veterans that served overseas during wars. American Legion are those that served irrespective of where they served. They still signed up and agreed to serve, and they ended up where they ended up. Um, the VFW was started back in 1899 uh, when veterans from the Spanish-American War and the Philippine insurrection came back to the United States. Uh, many of them were wounded. Many of them were hurt. Uh, they suffered from what we now know as PTSD, although they didn't know about it then. Uh, and they had very, very few services were available for veterans. So a group of veterans got together and formed an organization uh, and banded together which would eventually become known as the Veterans of Foreign Wars. Uh, and chapters were formed all over the country. Uh, interestingly, the, the VFW uh, it was instrumental in establishing the Veterans Administration uh, and also in establishing the National Cemetery System. The American Legion was founded in 1919, again after uh, World War I, uh, a group of about 1,000 officers and non-commissioned officers from the American Expeditionary Force uh, over there in France uh, formed together, and they were chartered on September 16, uh, 1919. And the legions played a leading role uh, in drafting the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, which no one knows what that is, but that's called the GI Bill. So now you know a little bit about the VFW and the American Legion. So. I thought I'd talk a little bit about that. Um, we also have the, uh, in, in the fall, we have the, uh, the Wall at Heels, which is the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the wall. It's a uh, three-quarter replica of the wall in Washington, D.C., uh, with 58,000 names on it. Uh, it's a, it's a, a very moving uh, event if you have seen the wall in Washington, D.C., uh, you know what the experience is to see that. And um, this is a, reproduces that same uh, emotion. Uh, uniquely in Methuen, uh, we are doing it at a field that has a veteran on the wall. So uh, we're going to host the Vietnam Wall at PFC Richard E. Potter Field. Uh, PFC Potter was a combat medic, Bronze Star recipient, Purple Heart recipient, who, who passed away in Vietnam, uh, and we will do it at the Richard Potter Field, and we've already been in contact with members of the Potter family um, to, to be there for that ceremony. 
So that's a little bit on the Vietnam Wall. Um, next item is Methuen Restaurant Week. And this one's an exciting event. Uh, you might have gone to some of the restaurants in Methuen. Uh, anybody have any favorite restaurants in Methuen? Um, the Bada Bing is always amazing. <laughs> Everybody loves Bada Bing. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> we have so many great, unique, diverse restaurants in Methuen. It really is quite a unique city between Fusion House, uh, Yala Mediterranean Grill, uh, Irish Cottage, um, Mex Mia Mexico Lindo. Uh, we have some wonderful, great restaurants in Methuen, so look for the deals uh, for Methuen Week. Uh, it's coming up the 23rd to the 27th, and there is a website, and it's listed on the bottom of that flyer, and it is a Facebook site, uh, Methuen Restaurant Week. So go to the Facebook site, get all the details, uh, try something new, sample the city, get a, get a great test of our, taste of our great uh, ethnic food. Um, this Saturday, we have a uh, veterans uh, photo shoot at Graycourt Park uh, at 11 o'clock. Nancy Reardon does that uh, every year. Uh, we like to get as many veterans as possible up there, and we uh, take a nice picture with a, the, the fire department. Uh, that's a nice event. Um, other events, just FYI, that are coming up uh, in June, we have a veterans cookout at wonderful Forest Lake, and that, uh, I believe, is the 18th of June, uh, right the week before they open. Uh, that's free to all veterans and their families, so come on out, have a great time. Uh, that's a wonderful asset in town, um, and we take advantage of it as much as we can. Um, and then we have, again, this year we'll have a sunset salute. So the Cater family was very generous and gracious uh, in offering the Veterans Memorial uh, at the golf course uh, last August. Uh, we had a wonderful event there where they had a cookout, um, and we had uh, drinks, and it was a beautiful night. We had both a wonderful sunset uh, and a beautiful moonrise. The sunset was going down over here, and the moon was coming up over here, so we thought that was uh, very prophetic. Um, so that's coming up as well. So in conclusion, we have the flag replacement event uh, coming up here on the 21st. Uh, we really need a lot of volunteers. Uh, we don't have the whole team here, but I did send a picture, and I, it's on the camera now. Uh, this is the leadership team. Uh, and that's Rinelli on the left, right? And <laughs> Amelia and Nathaniel and yours truly and uh, Bertha and Rochelle. That's our leadership team. Uh, they make it happen. Uh, they will have a whole host of other support crew from the school, including about 19 Pathfinders uh, who are the the kids that go out and take the community members out to different sections of the different cemeteries uh, to get the mission accomplished. So it's a great event. Uh, please call the Veterans Office, 978-983-8585. Uh, 
Uh, we ask you to volunteer so that the students know and can communicate uh, with the folks on their teams. So 978-983-8585. Anything you guys want to add? More information on the flag replacement overall is available at several locations like Heavily Donuts and Bada Bing, where the flyer is located with that information as well. Okay, so the, the kids have been out canvassing around town, um, placing um, flyers at Man Orchards and Howe Street Market and Heavenly Donuts, and, uh, and Heavenly Donuts and Dungan Donuts were great last year. Uh, they were really, really supportive. Uh, you know how many donuts we went through last year? So many. <laughs> very fair amount. Uh, 24 dozen. <laughs> uh, so it was a flag replacement donut eating event, I think. Uh, but it was great. And the, we, you know, we had great support last year from DPW, Department of Public uh, Works. We had great support from Elmwood Cemetery and Danny Hardiker and his team uh, there. We had great support from the police uh, and fire department and the counselors. Uh, so we have a mentor program. Uh, every student has a mentor, so we don't leave the students hanging. Uh, this is not try to pin it on them. Uh, and then we take the credit. You know, we are behind the scenes, and we want them to take the credit. But uh, Jessica Finicaro and Eunice Ziegler and Mike Samard and DJ Beauregard, uh, all these folks are mentors to our students, um, as well as... Uh, a member of the Methuen Police Department who's our uh, safety officer uh, for the event. So come on out, uh, May 21st, uh, 8.30 is refreshments, 9 o'clock is the ceremony, um, and we'll go out. And it's a wonderful uh, event. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a way to contribute something positive, very positive in our community, very worthwhile, and also have some fun. Get out and uh, you know, enjoy the weather. And uh, it's a good time. And we'll have some surprises as well. So, anything else? Any questions for me? None that I can think of at this time. Okay. Well, I guess we're a little early. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. And hopefully uh, the ratings will go up next week when you have the mayor back. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.